You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. <laughs> Hi, Hannies. It's Amiria Sai, and you're back for season two of The Take On. Hi, y'all. It's Amir Yas. You're back with The Take On. I'm here with Bryce Sander from Entertainment Tonight. I've been following you all of the Bravo news, the drag queens. I mean, you interview everyone. I'm obsessed uh, with your Instagram, and I'm sure a lot of people listening are. How are you? What's going on? Oh, I'm great. What a lovely way to be introduced. That's me. (laughs) (laughs) I like to uplift. You know, I think when you, you know, when you spend a lot of time in a closet and you come out, you come out with full force. So I like to uplift. You know, you never know what people are carrying. So I always like to make sure my guests feel comfortable. It's like a clubhouse with a lot less shade. So that's what we're trying to create. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome, I love it. Awesome. Um, listen, I get all the DMs from y'all. I hear you. I know you want me to be shady, um, but I am not bringing, you know, there's a lot of shady people that slide into my DMs that want to expose housewives, etc. I don't do that game. So you can go <laughs> elsewhere. There's a lot of podcasts doing that. So I don't do that. Um, <laughs> just want to make that clear. I've been getting a lots of DMs. Like they want me to be more shady, but no, no, no. Um, anyways, uh, Bryce, thank you so much for being here. And I want to ask you right off the top, let's keep it light. Um, and then we'll get a little deeper. But who's your favorite person that you've talked to and like the whole I've done so many interviews like you you you've like you do hundreds of them they start to blend together but what's one person where you were like oh my god this is so fun I'm so present like I love this person I'm all about them oh I mean that's like hard because it is every time you do an interview it's like a child you've birthed um so it's always hard I can I would go to keep it housewivesy there are some that I've gotten you know you speak to them over and over again. So it becomes this kind of weird half professional thing and half like friend thing. Um, And like, I have quite the bond with Tamara judge who I know can be a controversial Mm. housewife, but she's someone who always shows up, takes time and has things to say, which I appreciate. And it's not always tune in watch and see no she tells you what she's thinking she tells you what's going on which i appreciate because that's what people want to hear they don't want to hear watch the show they're already already doing doing that that. like we're already watching the show i've like literally gone back and forth with like publicists for like months and the person came on and they're like it's like pulling teeth i'm like why are you even on here then if you're not gonna tell me anything you're watch and wait the show's premiering i'm like 
Why are you even here then? You're talking about your business? That's so boring. Like nobody wants to cares. Yeah, that is <laughs> such an interesting line to walk because they they all got products. Mm-hmm. They all got a side hustle and you got to mm-hmm. respect that. But that's not what people are here to listen to no. or watch. Or it's not a TED talk, whatever. you know, like I... I had someone on from New York, I won't say who, but like she literally just kept promoting her product. I mean, you probably know who I'm talking about. Um, Former housewives from New York. It's not hard (laughs) for anyone to put it together. But anyway, she was so sweet, but all she did was hot products. And I'm like, people want to know the shade. Like they want like the curtain revealed a little bit more. So, Um, but yeah, that's how, that's how the cookie crumbles. But I wanted to also ask you, was there anyone that you were surprised about that you were like, wait, I had a certain impression of them. And then when you talk to them, you were like, wait, they're not really like that. Maybe it's a persona on the show. Oh, not in housewives. Those women are who they are. And I always give the like, I don't know, the grain of salt that when people know they're going to be on camera, they're usually on their best behavior and they come to perform. So I think my experience with a lot of people is different than if you meet them out in the wild. Um, You know, like if you're just running into them at a restaurant, they're not working at that point. Um, But I will say RuPaul turns it on, turns it off. And he will tell you that up front. He was like, he it's like when the red light comes on, I will become a different person. Just know Hmm. that it's happening. Interesting. I'm kind of not surprised by that. I feel like RuPaul is such a professional, knows how to kind of go in and out of it and knows what to say. Like even the whole like the ranch and the fracking, like RuPaul is so good with saying stuff. He won't say it, but like we'll get the internet like a fire. And I'm like, that as a publicist for 15 years, like that is the kind of client you want. I had clients like that that would say little nuggets in the press and then go, everyone will go crazy. Whether or not it was true or not, like they were so good at the nuggets. Like, <laughs> and that's what I as an interviewer live for because like I've interviewed certain people and I'm like, oh my God, you're such a nugget dropper. Like this is so fun. Yeah. Like that, that's when it becomes fun. Well, and that's the thing that's fun in like the, cause it's a little bit of mm-hmm. a game, right? Of you're reading everybody's interviews or watching interviews they've done elsewhere and being like, okay, what's the thread I can pull on to get, take this further. So those nuggets are what you totally. live for. And it totally is like a thread. That, that's what I was going to, that was my next question. Cause a lot of people ask me this, like what makes a good interviewer? How do you interview people? Like, how do you get them comfortable? Like for you, is it like, is it research? Cause I don't do any research. Like, and it's so funny cause people always give me shit for this. They're like, but what? So I'll literally like just Google a couple things and then I'll go to their Instagram and that's all I do. Like with you, I was following you. So I watched your videos, but like most of the time I kind of go in pretty blind. So I'm curious as to what your process is. Like, cause you said something about pulling the thread and like, but then also there's people that kind of will, will shut you down. So like, and then how do you navigate once you are shut down or have you been shut down? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. The pushback. So yeah, I do try and do like a decent mm-hmm. amount of research. Cause I don't want to do too much because sometimes you have to ask the obvious to get to the place right. you want to go. And so you can't ignore right. certain things. Um, but if they've done a press splits within like the last month or so, I'll look around, watch those interviews, read those interviews, see what stones weren't overturned or like what they said that the person didn't follow up on. And then the pushback, it depends on what it is. Like if the publicist is jumping in to be like, we're not going there, then it's like, okay. I only have so much room to fight. If it's the person trying to shut it down, I might say, I usually try to pivot and say, okay, well, let me ask that question in a different way. Let me see if you'll, you know, talk about this or that. 
like I was with Leah McSweeney from uh, New York the other day. And she didn't want to really comment on Sonia's mental state, which I totally get. Sensitive topic. But I pivoted to be, well, then what's your reaction when you're watching this? Instead of like, what do you think's going on? You're in a room with this person who's acting unwell. And then she answered that. So that's, it's a, it's a dance. The whole interview thing is, you have to make someone feel comfortable. You have to make them feel it's such a weird relationship because I know so much about these people who I talk to and they know little to nothing about me, even the people who have been in my orbit for years and years and years. And I always think about how strange that is where I have this kind of friendly dynamic with a lot of people, but they know nothing about Isn't me. Isn't that funny? It's kind of funny because like, I'm also like you very friendly with a lot of housewives like Deandra, like Dr. Contessa from Married to Medicine. There's a bunch of people that I'm like, very, very friendly with, but I don't think they know anything about me. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I'm like, what What do right. they know about me? But I'm not going to take time when I have it with them sure. to ask them because... Well, it's a kind of a <laughs> dance too, right, Bryce? Like you want to kind of share a certain amount. And I've gotten like, you know, people will like be shady and be like, oh, Amir is always talking about himself. But sometimes like you have to do share a little bit to make that, especially if that person's not comfortable because I've interviewed like people from Netflix shows. I've interviewed like drag queens. There's certain people that are like very much on, like you said, like a RuPaul. Then when you do kind of, it comes to being on camera, they're like, sometimes it's like, it's like pulling teeth. So then you're like, wait a second. Like I need to share a little bit of my life to make you comfortable. Have you ever come across that dynamic? Yeah. You got to drop little nuggets of like, like I'll mention my boyfriend here and there just so people are like, I'm a human. (laughs) You're Um, not just some shady person (laughs) trying to, I feel like there's a level of like, because the Bravo universe is kind of shady. Maybe there's like a fear that we're trying to like kind of be messy as well. So I always try to kind of navigate that where I'm like, I don't, I don't want clickbait, but then I also yeah. do because it's like, it's on my podcast. It's on my Instagram. So like when Jill Zarin was on, like I had to ask her about Bethany. Right. And she didn't love it, but like that ended up being <laughs> the main story that I got out of her. Right. Cause like, she's like, I don't want to talk about of this course. anymore. And I was just like, and that enough that in of itself was enough to get press. Right. So we have to be strategic, but also respect our guests. It's, it's, it's an interesting dance. It's, it's very odd. Well, Yeah, I try to set the precedent, especially for housewives. It's like, and I think a lot of the view press this way anyway, it's your chance to speak what you believe the truth to be or what you want the narrative to be because they have no control over the show, but they do have control over what they say in an interview. They don't have control over how it's packaged or what the pull quotes are and all that. But so I try and set that tone of, this is your chance to set this record straight, to share your point of view, to fill in the gaps. That's how I go into all the interviews is I'll watch the episodes and I lurk a lot in a lot of like fan pages and, you know, Instagram accounts where they're asking questions and trying to poke holes. And those are where I pull a lot of ideas from of, okay, the casual viewer is interested in this. The super fans interested in this. Can we dig into, you know, X, Y, and Z a little bit more and try and get those Nuggets that don't get addressed on the show. That makes a lot. So you're a lurker. We love a lurker. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I don't really participate in any of the groups or pages, right. but I I, it's I good lurk. To lurk. It's good to lurk on those, you know, and know kind of what's. And I do that as well. Like I'll look at the TikToks and the Instagrams and the Reddits. I love Bravo Reddit, so I get a lot of information from there. So it's a lot of little tea that's being spilled left and right. 
Um, I want to ask you about... Okay, so when you want to ask a shady question... I mean, I've been doing this. I feel like Andy Cohen does this too at reunions. He's like, you know, Maisie and Orlando is one... I'm like, is she real? So I do the <laughs> whole... Like, someone DM'd me, right? Like, when I had... Um, carry on i was like you know carry from rojas as a dallas i was like oh you know the fans and it, there was no fans like it was me <laughs> so how like how do you navigate some of i mean unless you don't want to tell us your trade secrets but how do you navigate that no like, i mean if you want to ask something shady you can watch yeah i mean you can watch the interviews and see how i do it i usually just try to mm -hmm. be straightforward i'm like you did this thing it's making no sense okay, can you explain it. it or like even with carrie i said to her you're coming off not right. great this season. Like, are we missing mm -hmm. something? Do you like who you are? I just try to be as upfront about it as possible with that in the back of my head slash what I've told them. This is your chance to say your right, piece on right. it. So I, that's how I approach those. I, I'd rather be upfront about it than try and that makes sense. And it's a lot more kind. In it. And with her, you realize, because I've been quite friendly with her for a while now. And I realize, I mean, obviously you, you're going through a divorce while being filmed. Like, and I feel like the producers sometimes don't let you be that, that be your storyline because they want to create a certain narrative. So it, yeah, it, it's, it's kind of tough. And then, you know, I, this is another question um, that I was thinking about is as well, like when it comes to Bravo shows, how much of it do you think, are you ever on the side of like, okay, maybe this person was edited badly? Or do you really just think, no, that's not a thing. That's just an excuse. Oh, I'll always give someone the benefit of the doubt that we're not seeing the full story. I don't, they can't make you say or do something right. you didn't do. That's true. So whatever airs on TV is, is reality in some sense. But I mean, I think we're watching this with the whole like Portia oh, Fallon gosh. thing. I need to ask right you now. about that. So we need to go there. <laughs> <laughs> Of, but of stuff, they're making a show at the end of the day. Situations are a little bit right. manipulated. Fallon, obviously, from what I can you know surmise from the details that have come out, was a casting find who had no real connection mm -hmm. to this group. Who then was, you know, she probably had one off-camera meeting with Portia where they had a chemistry test and or what I don't know the full insides of how they do casting like i know a little right. bit but not all of it and then they brought her on the show and they put a chiron on of porsche's friend but that's the truth for tv that's not the truth of right reality. right and also latoya was candy's friend and then became candy's friend so i feel like this whole like friend of thing is is kind of a little bit arbitrary now and and i was re-watching the bolo thing and i was like watching when drew and latoya are fighting over husbands and i see fallon i'm like oh my God, is she interacting with Portia at all? But there's never any direct interaction between Portia. And again, I'm not defending Portia. I don't really, that's her life. But I, it, it's like, it, I was like <laughs> watching it like a detective. I was like on my living room floor, like, okay, Fallon is interacting. Is she interacting with Portia? But there wasn't any direct interaction. Again, not saying it's fine what went down. But if her ex-husband or like ex-fiance, whatever, is like celebrating Mother's Day, like he's fine with it. And then Fallon seems to kind of moved on from it. I'm like, part of me is like, why are we vilifying the woman in all of that? Like, why why are we going after Portia? Because I think a lot of people are really upset. Right. Like, unfollow and all of those like hate groups. Part of me is like, why aren't we mad at the husband at all? Like, no one's even bringing up Simon. So, I, yeah. Or it's like, do we even need to be mad That's at anyone? Thing. I would just like to know the timeline yes, and the facts yes. that... We're all on the same page. Because that's the fans. thing. We want the, we want the timeline. 
Right. And I feel like Portia might be like the may actually the Atlanta cast is kind of all like this where they only let you know what they want mm-hmm. you to know. They're I think outside of Candy, the rest of them keep stuff close to the best. Candy lays it all out there, you know, does her weekly YouTube right. show to be like, here's the but that's real her story. business too, because you know she's launching, it's always launching a product, right? So she's like even though she's sharing, oh. she's like, it's a restaurant. And then we're, I'm waiting for her to open just like a dungeon theme restaurant. I feel like that's next, right? Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, the next thing is she's uh, Bravo confirmed today, but it's like the worst kept secret that she's getting a Vanderpump Rules style oh, show no. about the OLG oh, restaurant. No. But I do like her ants. I do, I'm not going to lie. The ants are pretty entertaining. I'm not going to lie. So uh, it could be good. I mean, I, I'm still sad. You know, Bravo filmed a pilot years ago. That was like the moms of Bravo giving people <gasps> advice. And it was like Mama D and Mama yeah. Joyce. And I think maybe like Vita MJ's mom from Shots of yeah. Sunset. And it just didn't go anywhere. But it was all these outspoken mother That's figures. Life. And I think it was like set up like a court show where they were the judges and they would come in and hear that your sounds case. sounds amazing. I feel like um, HBO or Peacock should pick that up right now and do it. HBO Max. Well, yeah, Peacock Peacock is ordering a lot of stuff, so maybe uh, maybe it'll come back around. No. But I would, uh, I'm fascinated by those women, especially like Mama Dion oh, Dallas. I need amazing. to know so she's much. She's amazing. More. Those wigs, like I just, she's like kind of like, she's like Pat from uh, Southern Charm on crack. Like she's just another level of of Patricia. So I I, I love all that. I'm all about that. <laughs> um, I want to ask you about um, this whole like All Stars vacation housewives. What are your thoughts? I don't know if the casting was great, Cynthia. Really, because I'm not really happy with it. Oh, I mean, I'm interested to see it. I do think people like Cynthia and Melissa. Mm-hmm. People don't give them their dues. You need people who are kind of like quote unquote True. normal around True. sometimes to move stuff forward or else it's just like a, lot, a lot of, of Ramona. screaming at yeah, each other. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So that I am always, and Andy Cohen even says that it's because you know, every season people are like, get Cynthia off the show, but then who would everyone talk to? She is the like ear that That's everybody turns That's a good to. Point. Even at the reunion, Cynthia like and didn't you, speak. I was like, she only spoke about her wedding and that was it in the three parts. I was like, I didn't hear her once. I was like, what the heck? Crazy. I know. That was there was a lot of moving parts in that reunion. But the for the mashup show, I'm excited for it. I my fear is or question is how will they establish this new world they've created? Like, is it gonna be Kyle Richards saying, I wanted an escape, so I called up my girlfriends and we're <laughs> at a villa that the agency owns? Or will they like give a nod to the fourth wall of we're all housewives and Bravo's toss us in a house together. I like when they do that. I like when they break the fourth wall. And I, that's what I love about Summer House is that I'm friends with Hannah and I know that shit went down and a lot of people are very upset at her. But even that, it's like letting down that fourth wall. Like, I like that they let us in a little more. I don't know if I'm going to watch Winter House and Summer House and Winterfell and all that. But I will. <laughs> I, I, I did enjoy that Summer House was just like... Yeah, it's pandemic. We're gonna just gonna stick these people in a house, and you're just gonna deal with it. So I, I liked that. I thought they kind of just let us like enjoy it for what it was. Oh yeah, I thought it was their yeah. best season yet. As hard of a season as it was for mm-hmm. Hannah, I think them being stuck together created real drama and tension, or like fake drama that turned into mm-hmm. real tension. And everyone could relate to that, right? Because uh, like we were all stuck with our families or our roommates or our friends. And, right. and things get <laughs> dicey. Like you not putting a dish away could be World War Three. Like when you're, or taking out the trash. Like I was talking to Hannah and I was like, yeah, taking out the trash, like 
I would yell at people in my house and I'm not even on a show. So I can understand why things would go so south. But, you know, it, it's funny because Bravo's chat room got a lot of shit, right? Like it was people were like, oh, this is not this is not the thing. And then I felt like now it's like all of those three women, Giselle, Portia and Hannah have a lot of haters, but have a lot of people that love them and they're all on a show together. So I, I kind of feel like the three of them are kind of cool with being hated a little bit now. It's like, oh, whatever. Like we have this other show where we can kind of speak our truth and it be backed by Bravo. So I thought that kind of the whole chat room thing did end up kind of being a good thing for them. Well, and on that line, it's like, there have to be people you hate. If you like everyone, the the show's going to be boring. So, and they, you have to remember for as much as you might not like that person, somebody, that's their favorite person Which on I the never, show. I never, it's so funny because it's so hard for me to fathom. Like, I think Kenya is beautiful, but when people like love her, I just, I have trouble. I'm like, what do you love? But I, but that's the whole excitement, right? Like it's more exciting to kind of quote unquote hate people that you don't even know. Right. And then you meet them. You're like, this person's kind of lovely. Like I remember when I met Lala, I was like, thought I was going to, she was going to rub me the wrong way. And she was absolutely Great. Oh, Lala's great. And Kenya, I will say my first interview with Kenya, the circumstances were bizarre. Like we were having to shoot in this space that wasn't really meant for shooting. She brought King and Twirl with her. It was chaotic. (laughs) And I walked away being like, that wasn't my best. And I couldn't place Mm -hmm. what it was. But I've gotten to talk to her a ton of times since then. And she's, she is someone who comes to the camera and has something to say. So it's like also, I think it's also sometimes hard to judge people based off of one interaction. And that one interaction could be you watching them on the show. Like that's a consistent interaction. Right. right. Um, but also like when people are like, I met this person one time and they were an absolute a-hole. It's like, well, maybe they're having an off day or maybe you were there having you an off day. Yeah, I mean, and even even though I did a whole TikTok video that went viral about me and Erica Jane's interaction, she was probably having a bad day. But like, you know, and I was... You just never kind of know, right? And it, and that's... Right. I, I did it because I know that like people respond to that kind of stuff and they want, like, they want the inside scoop. So like, at the end of the day, I don't have any hard feelings. If I see her, I'm like, kudos to you. Like, I don't really have a problem with anyone. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like, it is kind of fun to, to like be like, oh, this person sucks. Or it's like you get excited, you get invested, right? Like the reason we watch Vanderpump Rules, even though Jax was like an asshole, it's like fun to watch, right? So all of those different dynamics make a good show, you know, and you remember the villains sometimes. So that's what I, that's what I wanted to right. ask you about because you did this great interview with Ramona and like, I felt like she was like, she gets villainized, but like, vilified oh it's vilified my english um she gets vilified <laughs> a lot but like she is fun to watch like when i saw her at the you know the, the last two episodes of roni i'm like oh my god she's so fun like even if she does fucked up shit and calls the wrong person to help and does all that it's like she posts you know her her bank statements like you asked her about that that's kind of what we love about her and we also have to remember she's like 60 something like i was gonna say i, I think she's 64 yeah, like, she's a woman who grew up in a bubble of white Mm -hmm. privilege um and it's like i don't we're in this weird it feels like a tipping point almost where people are expecting reality stars to be moral compasses yeah and it's like the the reason we're watching them is because they're the exact opposite (laughs) of that and you need to give them room to mess up and then also room to learn from messing up because i feel like that's the space we're in where it's people have messed up they've been removed Mm. from their shows and then we never learn if they've actually grown, changed. Well, they, they say I read a book and, on white privilege. I'm like, did that book really change your like that kind of stuff right. to me annoys me? It's I'm like, like that's fake. 
But I'm like, but throw cameras in mm-hmm. front of their face, show me what they're doing. And that's, there's, then there's like evidence of they have changed right. or they haven't versus you can tell me all day what you did or but didn't do. But I'd like do. to see the progress. Like, for example, with Shep, when he posted that video of the homeless woman, then he actually acknowledged it and was able to move forward. But then there's also, I get it, there's like another point of view where it's like you're giving a problematic possible racist a platform. So then I, it's like, right. I understand both perspectives, but I kind of like the way you said it because it's like, I'd like to see Kelly Dodd learn you know, and move forward if it's possible. And then you call yourself black and then that's a whole other thing. But it's like, so I don't know. It's like, but then we, it's entertaining, right? Like, what do we remember from OC? I don't remember anyone else except Bronwyn and Kelly Dodd. So. Right. It's, and it's like, give them the space to show they've mm-hmm. changed or show they haven't changed and then make right. the decision of what their right. future is. And I also think we, a lot of us live in a bubble of social media where we surround ourselves with people who have similar opinions mm-hmm. or point mm-hmm. of views. And you have to remember there's a whole world outside of your phone where people don't Amen. agree with you and, and, uh, you know, support what Kelly and, whoever else is exactly doing. that's interesting yeah that's a, i mean it, i live in orange county so i see a lot of the, the right and in trump supporters except and that and that's fine it's like everyone gets to have an opinion that that's a whole perspective but like i think it's when you become hurtful and that's when it goes too far right like with vanderpump rules it's like sometimes right. you go too far left and it's like wait a second you're not just a racist you're actually like actively trying to take someone down then okay that, but totally. then even then, like, it, it is nice to hear that, like, okay, Stassi's done the work. or Because I'm friends with Ariana, so I kind of get little inside scoops. And it's like, okay, like, she's trying, she's learning. And that's, you know, it would, it, like you said, it would be nice to maybe have a special where it's like, update, they're doing this or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. It's like, you don't get to keep your full-time yeah. job. But we'll give you a yeah, one-off. We'll give you a special. one-off special. Like, what have you learned from your, you know, racist tendencies? <laughs> like, and I mean, it could. It. And I think Bravo sometimes wants to uplift, but like, I think it has to happen from like a higher level, like at an executive level. Like, I was talking to Mariah Huck from Married to Medicine, and you know the way she was fired. There, there's a lot of stuff at Bravo that's happened that I think things are getting kind of getting loose and you know there's different people kind of coming up and so i think that there is a lot of changes i think bravo in the next 10 years will be a lot more representative culture at large but that all this stuff takes time and um i think we're moving in that right direction so i love it um i i got this question a lot and i'm not making this is not one of my tactics Um, i promise (laughs) a lot of people wanted to know like how you got involved with entertainment tonight and like how does someone go about starting kind of on their instagram or maybe like on TikTok and then transitioning to a more like, you know, entertainment tonight kind of level. Yeah. I mean, I think there's no one clear path and everyone's story is very Mm -hmm. different. Um, I went to journalism school and then I worked at this video news startup, um, called Newsy, which is much bigger now than it was when I worked there. I was like, cause I, I connected with them when I had clients, like when I was a publicist and I, during the election, they were like freaking everywhere. I was like, well, yeah, because they they hit the like streaming platforms at just mm-hmm. the right time where they were kind of the cable news, mm-hmm. if you will, of if you had a streaming box and were a cable cutter. I worked there when it was more of a um, content studio. We made a lot of videos on behalf of other people. Like my first job was making videos as if I worked at AOL and the Huffington oh, Post. Okay. Um, and so I worked there for a little bit and made connections there. And then I left because it was based in Missouri and I 
all my love to Missouri, did not want to live in Missouri. Um, and then I went and worked at BuzzFeed for the hottest minute, like less than six months. And someone I worked with at Newsy wound up at Entertainment Tonight and said, there's a position here if you want it. And I wanted it. Um, so I moved out to LA and worked like a 5 a.m. shift writing news copy. And I realized there was kind of a hole in the market we weren't covering as a brand reality TV in a meaningful way, at least not like in a fan driven way. It was very, this was six years ago. So it was kind of like coming out of the mama June era of reality TV where everything was kind of like scandalous. And only if it's like botched plastic surgery right. and blah, blah, blah. Um, and I was like, there's a whole audience of people who are interested in kind of the intricacies of these people's mm -hmm. lives. Um, and I had this idea for this show called Housewives Happy Hour that we made for a little while where it was just like pour a drink and let's play games and do an interview in a gamified way. And it just evolved into, oh, I can't make Housewives Happy Hour all the time because it's such a big lift, but I can do multiple interviews a week with people. Um, and that's how it happened. That's the short-ish version of events. I love that. I mean, it, it, you know what it is? It's really about networking too. Any job I've gotten, it's all about like, I always say, it doesn't matter if you went to Harvard or like the best journalism school and the best whatever. It, it's about people that want to necessarily have lunch with you. They hire people they want to hang out with. Because a lot of these jobs were like in the... Before the pandemic, I worked at um, AfterBuzz. And it's like, you're working there like till midnight with all these people and like creating all this content. And it can be very like, you're on top of each other. So if someone has a bad attitude, it's kind of takes the air out of the room. So I think at the end of the day, it's those networking and, and the contacts. Oh, 100%. It's like 90% mm -hmm. who you know, and just 10% of True. what you know, because so much of where you, what you learn is on the oh job. My God, itself. Yeah. Like I, <laughs> I think I would cringe if I watched Tamara was my very first interview wow. at ET. And I think I would cringe if I went back and watched it because I was just like, I didn't know what I was doing. I was pretending like I knew what I was doing, <laughs> but I didn't know. That's funny. I have cringy videos too. Like people will send them to me and I'm like, Ooh. oh no, oh no. <laughs> but you know, you'd get better. I mean, people see us and they're like, oh, it looks so easy, but it, it's, a, it's a skill. It's, it is such a skill. And that's what would always, it's like, I've learned to not read the comments, but when people are like, this interview was terrible. I'm like, you don't know what this one, you don't know what the raw footage looks <laughs> like and all the things, all the things that had to be cut yeah. out or, you know, moved around. And yeah, it's not easy to make someone feel comfortable and like they can open up <laughs> about their life to you. But I, that's why I like reality stars because they are a lot more comfortable than like an actor. Oh, actors are much worse when it comes much to worse. Yeah, because they are about the 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 art, and they want to talk about the project. Yeah, there was one guy from a Netflix movie. I can't even remember which one because I was doing like six or seven a week, and I don't even remember the people. But he was so fun in this movie. He was like the main character, and you know he was laughing and just like, and then he and he was just like, "Yep, mm -hmm. it was great." And I'm like, "Oh my god, I have to talk to you for half an hour. I'm gonna die." <laughs> like I cut it short. He was like, "I thought we were doing enough." Half. I was like, 15 minutes." I was like, "We got what we needed." I was like, go watch the movie. <laughs> We're see good. Ya. Like, and it, I felt bad because he kind of seemed kind of shocked, but I was like, I cannot do this. Like, I am not getting paid for this. I was like, I'm out. It's not for me, but <laughs> yeah, it, it's tough. I mean, interviewing is, is, is an art. So any of those commenters or people that think it looks easy, 
you can't do what we do unless you really put yourself in it because it, you have to be vulnerable. You have to, and you also have to carry someone else's BS. So it's quite a lot. So I appreciate you for doing you and I, we are loving the content. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So um, before I let you go, I want to play a little game with you. And then we will end it on that note. Um, this is my favorite okay. question. So what is your all-time high Bravo moment? And what is your like low moment or like sad moment or moment where you're like, well, we didn't really need that? Oh. My all-time favorite will rewatch over and over again is scary island the so trio good. of season three real so housewives good. of new york episodes we owe every real housewives trip to that trip they did not go on regular cast trips until oh that my happened. god you're right <gasps> iconic we, we owe it all to you know jill hello hello hi, hi. And, and kelly ben simone saying that that's news gonna kill her was my favorite gonna kill her and the cry and... on the bed that all happened on that same trip Mm-hmm. Was that the cry on the bed? Different? The Ramona, Ramona cry in the bed is the when they went to the desert. Oh, you're right, you're right. That's four, a different trip, which is also an an underrated trip. I know people don't love that season because of like the Cindy Barship of it all, but it's like that trip is bonkers. Luann goes flying off the camel. Ramona does her bizarre hyperventilating cry on oh her back. God. Jill has like a snake on her head at one point. That's an underrated Iconic trip. trip. That is so funny. And then low. I don't know that I have a low. I enjoy like I have such a <laughs> low threshold of like what I'm like. It's good. It's watchable. Um, so I don't know that I have a low. There are there have been tough moments where it's like, geez, that I can't imagine what the person was right. going through. Like I go to when Vicky got the call about her mom and she collapsed in Shannon's yeah. craft room. That was a tough moment to watch. And then this. Season of uh, Summer House when Carl found out about his brother. Yeah, that, that was gave tough. me chills. But those that was are tough. also. But it's also not. I hate to say fun to watch, but it was like kind of cool. They let us in for those very intimate moments. That's like a really intimate. Moment. Right, and I think they're also like what makes people realize, oh, I am watching real mm. life because it's like okay, we can have another bunko party and do a theme or whatever, or the murder mystery parties that seem to be. That's my low murder mystery parties. I don't want to see another murder mystery party on it's these so shows. So dumb, and it's always this like company that's trying to like get them to read, and they're all just trying to drink. They don't want to read laminated cards about who they are. I'm like, this is so stupid. I don't want to do it, and I'm a normal no. person. I, why would I want to do it if I was a housewife? I'd be like, I'm not doing this shit. I loved, they did one on, I don't know what it is. There's like, Bravo goes through these waves where it's like, it happens on all the shows at one time. Like everyone was ax throwing for a while, but in the murder mystery 
era that we're in right now, on Below Deck Sailing Yacht, they were having a party, and they had Captain Glenn sitting with them, and he did not understand what was going on. And I did appreciate that, because he was like, I don't... I like Captain Glenn. Every time I talk to him, he's kind of like, why am I even on TV? Like, he's kind of just like, (laughs) I don't care about any of this. I was like, oh, you know, you want to update your Instagram, you don't post often. He's like, what? I don't care about this stuff. I'm like... (laughs) He's like, I just want to. He just sail. wants to sail, wanna... and that's what I love about him because he just could. And I think all of the captains could give two shits about being on TV, all of them. <laughs> yeah, for the most, I think of the three, I think Captain Sandy enjoys yeah. it the most. But I think they're all of their priority is safety. It's all safety, yacht. like <laughs> <laughs> it's all just safety and like just kind of being the fun police. So it's kind of funny. Um, I'm not mad at that. <laughs> um, I also want to ask you, Housewives, um, who would you, t- now that they're doing the All-Stars, any- but before when I ask this question, people are like, I don't know, now everyone knows. So who would you take um, on a private island and who would you leave behind? It can be from oh, any city. It can be from any Bravo God. show, Southern Charm, Vanderpump Rules. So, oh my God, this is a huge mm-hmm. question. <laughs> um, hmm. I have to, I'm trying to think of like, who's good on a trip? Cause that's what you need. Someone who's good in that specific environment right. of a trip. Well, you're that's also on a I private Island. So you remote- they need to help out. You're stuck. I, I say res- deserted <laughs> Island. That maybe will help. Maybe that'll help okay. you make your decision. Okay. So we're, we are back in 2011 on the summer by Bravo commercial Exa- set. And we're yes. stuck on the Island. Your Bravo okay. knowledge <laughs> is like a timeline. It's a like Bravo museum. I love it. It's I don't know how our government works, but I can tell you everything about. Either do I? Isn't there? It's judicial, Um, legislative, (laughs) and executive branch. Is that right? Okay, can't believe I knew that. Mm, You got it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh wow! Opening it up to the full universe. That's kind of tough. Do you want to ruminate? I'll ask you my sexy question, and then we'll come back to this. Why don't you think? I'm I'm going to ask you about Mary F and Kill. So, um, Mauricio. Drew's husband, which I don't know his name, <laughs> Drew Sadara's husband, um, and um, Alex from <laughs> Alex and what's her, what's her, Simo, what's his name? Simon. Yes. Oh, Simon. I'm mean, trying to make Simon's it easy for you. To... <laughs> well, yeah. I'm going to marry yes. Mauricio. Yes. All the agency money. Honey. I Honey. guess I'm, I guess I'm shagging. Drew's husband, though he scares Tampa, me a Tampa, little bit. Tampa. Where was he all those days Tampa. in Tampa? Um, and then R.I.P. Simon. Simon. I mean, they gave him a lot of shit for being just a feminine man. He's, Who cares? Well, there are these. There are these like characters. I don't like calling them caricatures. But they are of, yeah. people are. Yes, they're edited into what you see on TV. Where it's like if you go back and rewatch it, it wasn't as bad as you or as cringy as you remember it to be during the initial run. Because I think we just have been exposed to so many more point. people since like Simon and Alex's initial run that it's like, Oh, I remember in those early seasons thinking, why are these people Me on the show? And now watching it, if you go back and rewatch it, like, Oh, they were the show. They were the ones creating. They were. Moments. And like the whole, remember the whole Herman Munster shoe comments? Like they were creating all of these memes and funny. I mean, there's still memes that like, I still see about them. Like after all these. Yeah. Movies. While you are in high school, I am yeah. in Brooklyn. <laughs> it's so good. Like those are, so many good things. There are all those little quotes that like, that's what I, I always, I was telling Stephanie Holman. I love her. She's the last so time sweet. I talked to her, I was like, I, just in my everyday life, will just find myself going, oh, well, now I, it's left my brain. What the hell is the uh, When you When it's, I was in high school, no, when you were in high school, I was in Brooklyn. That one? No, so oh. that's Alex. But for Stephanie, it's, 
Oh, it's when she, it's from the first season when Leanne Locken is about to storm out and um, like punch yeah. the trolley. Oh, Stephanie turns to the wall, grabs a brick wall and goes, she's crazy. <laughs> and I just always whisper that to myself, oh, like God. out of nowhere. Oh, Leanne. Oh, I just thought about all the things she sent me. Leanne, Leanne, Leanne. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. Anyways, she's very upset about the reunion. If you didn't flew that, by the way, I react. Oh, I've I've seen by what she's posting. Mm-hmm. But she's so lovely to gay people. So I always try to separate all the, you know, the yelling from kind of the lovely things she tries to do. So anyways, um, it's going to make me sad to talk about her. Anyway, <laughs> uh, let's go to <laughs> back to the desert island if you have our answer. Okay, back, back to the you. island. I'm going to bring... I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring two ladies from every city. And that's, what, that's the parameters I'm going to okay. give myself. So I'm going to bring Vicky and Tamara. Iconic trip moments, Vicky peed on the bed. So we need good. more of that. All right, so now we're going up the coast to Beverly Hills. I'm going to bring Rinna and... I'm going to bring Rinna. Mm. Or do I go deeper and do I bring like... No, I was going to say Brandy and Kim, but I'm too scared about that. So we'll bring Rinna and Kyle. Because I think Kyle is like the voice of reason for Beverly Hills. Like I did the Bravo... I did the BravoCon panel for Beverly Hills. And it was like, it was in the middle of them filming the, the Denise Richards season and Kyle wasn't there for it. And they were like, every time they didn't want to answer a question, they were all looking around like, who's going to answer this. I was like, I wish Kyle were here. Cause she would probably mm-hmm. answer this. Um, and <laughs> so I think she's a necessary okay. force. All right. So now we're going over to, I like Dallas. your Rinna choice. Cause I kind of feel like they missed out on getting Rinna on this season of the Island show. Well, like the rumors were that she was maybe sort of gonna possibly show up and oh, then didn't. Um, and you, we know she hasn't turned on money, so it couldn't it have been like, scheduling there had to be some other reason. Yeah. Because they are still, I don't think people realize when Housewives are in production, I mean, like they're in production through, while they finished filming this season, like in January, they're doing confessional interviews every couple of weeks until they filmed. I, know, I didn't realize that because Contessa told me even with Mary to medicine, they filmed six days a week. I was like, holy shit. Yeah. They're these women are, it's not worth you the know, money. On paper. It looks like a three month job, but it's like a all year. Oh yeah. And, and the exposure and all mm-hmm. the things. All right. So now we're in Dallas. I'm going to bring Deandra and Tiffany. Cause I enjoyed them the most of this most Tiffany. recent season. And I think they're a fun duo. Um, and they can be, they can like drunkenly FaceTime Mama D. <laughs> All right. So now we're moving over to Atlanta. I'm gonna bring Portia. Okay. Fallon and, and Fallon. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies, hash it out in the bungalow. Um, I'm like, who is... Who would Portia get along with? I feel like she's <laughs> not getting along she's with really a lot not. of people. I mean, I guess Candy, right but that's kind of could get contentious. But Candy is, you know what? Candy's good in a group mm-hmm. setting. Think about like Nini's pajama party where she wanted to like go at it. Yeah, that, was, <laughs> that was a lot. So, okay, we'll bring Camp Portia okay. and Candy. All right, now we're up in Potomac. I love Potomac. We're bringing okay. Karen. 
Because it's like that when they were, she was drunk and talking about Ray's, oh, you know what, not working. That was good. Such a journey. And the editing of that and scene, Giselle, guys. Oh my God, the blurring, like the blurring and the, the smoke. The blurring of it, like, yes. Oh my God, it's too much. I'm bringing Karen okay. and Giselle because if they're on a deserted island together, they need to hash it out, get to a good place. Okay, I, I'm, I'm, I kind of want to come on your trip. This is fun. Okay. <laughs> All right. Now we're up to New Jersey. I think they got it right with who they brought from New Jersey, Melissa Perfect. and Teresa. Smart. So we'll keep that. And then New York, Ramona and Sonia. Oh, I love that. I love that. Sonia's daughter, by the way, I just followed Quincy. I'm like obsessed. She's beautiful. I want to know what inspired Quincy to like become a public person after all these beautiful. years. She looks like Mammy Gummer, kind of like, she kind of looks like uh, Meryl Streep's daughter, but like more model She does. Well, because she looks like a young Yeah, she's Sonia. like so beautiful. I mean, Sonia's really beautiful too. Like, so I, I'm not surprised by that, but it's just, yeah, it's really funny. When all the kids were on Bravo, they were asking about, um, I don't know who they asked. And they asked Avery if she hangs out with Quincy and she was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> but she will get her on Cameo. If she wants to be on Cameo, Avery can get her on Cameo. Because you know Avery works She at does? That's some good tea. Yes. That's some good tea. She's seen some of my Cameos where I'm insane. She, sorry, Avery. <laughs> um <laughs> <laughs> um, what about Salt Lake City? Anyone you want to bring from there? Oh, I skipped I skipped the middle of the country. Whitney okay. and Heather. Oh, I like that. Bad, Bad weather. Bad weather. Spin the truth. Destroy. It took me so long to figure out how Lisa got to weather until I was like, my dumb brain. Oh, Whitney and Oh my God, I just weather. got that right now when you said it. My mind just clicked. I hadn't really put it together. Well, because it was, she was like, Whitney Heather. <laughs> Bad weather. Spin the truth. Destroy. Like, it was so wild oh, that I was just like, What? So I love Meredith Marks. Her, like the low energy on which she and Brooks too both lives. I'm like such low energy. This is it's like I want to live in, on that wow. plane. Like that feels relaxing and doesn't good it? It like makes you know what it does. It makes Kourtney Kardashian sound like she's yelling, which is like insane. <laughs> <laughs> it's insane. Uh, I love Bravo. That's amazing. Um, any of the million dollar listing, or do you watch that show? I dip okay. in and out. I like b- watch to cover it yeah. now and then. I love Ryan. Yeah. He's like a fun. I love his time. ass. I'm like, I love that show shows people's asses. <laughs> like, I'm like, what? I, that amazing. was the f- introduction to him was here's his naked yeah, butt in the shower. It's pretty amazing. And all of them have shown their butt at some point. I'm like, is this just like, are they just trying? <laughs> it's so interesting to me because I'm like, Bravo is so like for like women and gay men, but then like none of the shows really pander, but that one really is like, we're going to gay bait you for sure. And like, I'm okay with it. I'm totally fine with <laughs> Well, it. I think it's, that's probably how they make up the, you know, d- dividend of that show isn't really drama fueled. They have like dramatic right. moments with like the deals not getting done or the Frederick Ryan feud, but they don't have, it's so much about the real estate and how they're selling it. So I think they toss those moments in to make sure the audience feels acknowledged. It's we like see. a wink. Here's a booty. <laughs> Here's a, a wink with I an ass. I love that. That should be on a shirt. A wink with an ass. I love that. That is amazing. <laughs> um, oh my God. What a good answer. Like, that's a trip I want to go on. That sounds amazing. It sounds it's, I mean, that's what we want, right? Um, okay, real quick before I let you go. Thoughts about Shaws of Sunset new season, Family Karma, um, any new shows? Apparently, there's a show that they're shopping around about living in the south of Boston, is that real or not? Like, oh, I have not heard of that one. Um, but I know they're like constantly 
casting and talking to people in different cities. And, you know, Bravo develops a lot of shows not as housewives and then they get turned into housewives. Potomac was that. Dallas was that. What were they before? Uh, That's interesting. I didn't know that. So Potomac, from what I remember, it was supposed to be, remember the first season was all about like, charity and this circle is exclusive and hard to get into apparently like karen giselle and company were are part of some organization or were that's in that area of black Mm. women that then the national board i guess didn't really want to be associated (laughs) once they saw what happened a reality (laughs) show well it was like but i think it was even before so then it kind of but that's why the visually that first season doesn't look like Housewives. And same with Dallas. Dallas was Ladies of Dallas and was modeled after Ladies oh, of Oh, I see. I see. that. That's interesting. Actually, with Potomac, remember when Dr. Wendy was like, oh, I know Karen from the charity circuit. That's probably what she meant. Oh. Right. I think they were, they're all part of some, were on boards and stuff together. Yeah. So yeah, so I know they're constantly like, testing the waters and casting and then people get excited when they hear castings happening in Chicago or whatever, but it doesn't mean they're making a show. Um, Shaza, I've seen the first episode and my interview with Reza will be out. The first episode of the show will be out by this air. So I'll say this season of Shaz looks quite good. Reza and MJ made up off camera, which I think will be interesting how that plays out on the mm-hmm. show because cameras weren't around when they actually had their big conversation mm-hmm. about how they were right. going to move It would be forward. nice to have seen that, I think, because I've heard all that, because I'm right. friends with Nima and Mike, and I grew up with Gigi, so I kind of know a little bit of the drama, and my friend London is actually the new friend of, so I, I kind of know a little bit of the drama, but it would have been nice to, I think, as a viewer to see it on camera, but... Right. I think there'll be hints and winks and... Winks with asses, maybe. <laughs> I hope so. Um, I mean, I'd love to see um, Shervin with us. He's adorable. <laughs> <laughs> Shervin and Mike, both. Very so good cute. Looking. And they both don't smell like... I'm Persian, so I can say this, but Persian men will douse the cologne, and they don't do that. So they smell <laughs> normal, and like I think he uses Lalabo. So that I'm into. Um, but, you know, again, that is a show where, I mean, again, it's about the visibility. And I think, I love that they kind of introduce Persian culture. And even with Family Karma, like I was talking to Anisha about it. Like, it's about like introducing people to different cultures, which I think they're doing it because I like that they show, yes, they introduce their culture, but also show that like, everyone's a little cuckoo bananas. And we see the drama (laughs) from, no matter if you're white, black, Asian, Persian, Indian, you're going to be cray cray. So I, that's what I love about Bravo, where it kind of unites us in that, you know, drama. Well, and it's, I love that how, I know Bravo got, had gotten a lot of heat over the years about like sure. casts weren't integrated and whatnot. But when you look at like the television atmosphere, the, the, the map of it, Bravo is on the forefront of representation mm-hmm. across the board. There have been queer people on Bravo for oh, yeah. forever, black people, brown people, you know, Asian people, I think were the last <laughs> kind of. Uh, group that wasn't represented, but now are getting sure. their due. And Crystal Kung Minkoff is gonna be a great she housewife. Is, and her coconut water is delicious. And I honestly thought she was Rebecca Minkoff's sister or something. And I got really confused because I was like, I know Rebecca Minkoff is white. And then I was like super confused. But again, I think the Asian Persian representation, I know, and Indian is late because culturally 
being Persian, even if you're a hot mess and you like you don't, generally they don't want to be filmed, right? It's like the culture is like I don't want to expose myself, and then Asian culture is also like that. So to find an Asian right. well, person the, that wants to be on reality is also kind of tough. Not to play devil's advocate, that's what but. I think people always need to remember. These people are on reality TV as a right. choice, like this. <laughs> so, and I think a certain kind of person is drawn right to it because it's not scripted um, either, then, Bryce. Right? Always, like if it's scripted, you need diversity because you're you're making a fake show. Like, but if you really want to bring right. people in, because when Bravo cast them and they're not really friends, everyone gets mad at Bravo. Why did you bring in this fake person? Well, you wanted the diversity, like totally. like even Ciara. Like I felt like at times it was like, are, is she here because she's black and fitting? Like, a, but then it's like, okay, there is the Luke connection. And then she did create a lot of drama. So it's like, okay. But when it feels sometimes forced, I'm like, that's not when it's good, you know? Totally. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I think that's why it also took this long to make some of these casts reflect yes. the world is because they were finding groups of people who, you know, like hangs with sure. like. That's right. just or also when you live in Charleston, for example. Oh, hello, doggy. Sorry, really <laughs> my dog's it's just okay. Like crazy. We'll, we'll just we'll just start, we'll I'll start that little piece over. We'll just cut that. Um, it's like when it comes to like, for example, Charleston, right? Like you are gonna like. <laughs> it's a, sorry. They're no, going in okay, the other okay. room now. I'll just I'll wait. All right. They should no, be. You're totally okay, fine. We're almost done anyway. It's totally fine. Um, we love dogs. Um, you know, I think when it comes to like what you said, right? Like hangs out with like, and sometimes there's no opportunity for diversity, right? Like when you're living in Charleston, I think there's like not a lot of diversity, right? Like, so bringing in Leva, that took some time, right? Like, so it takes time right. to bring in the diversity. That's natural. Like, okay, they would all party at her club and then now she's integrated. Like it kind of, and she really provided so, that show got, had so many levels to it because of her, right? So many. And she had no idea that that's what she was mm-hmm. signing up for because she thought she, she signed on and Tiffany did too before, you know, this kind of amazing racial reckoning we had right, in the last right. year and a half. They thought they were signing up for what we have known the shows to be like partying, having fun, being a little wild. And then they were, I think as a lot of, I don't want to speak for anybody, but I think as a lot of marginalized people are, forced to become yep. the educators even when mm-hmm. they don't want to be. That is absolutely what happens. And in you, even me, like I'm white passing, but I'm still going to be Persian and Muslim and queer. People are going to still want educations for free. And that's, and you know, even when like Cameron was kind of schooling Tiffany, it kind of gets really dicey because then it gets into white splaining. And then it's like, it's hard because, you know, as a comedian for me, I can make fun of Muslim people and say terrorists on stage. But when a white person does it, it's not funny, right? There is like, there is a right. level of it's, or gays, like when a gay comedian makes fun of gay people, I'm kind of okay with it. But when a straight white dude does it, I'm like, excuse me, sir. Like, why are you picking right. on a community that doesn't really need to be picked on? So yeah, it, it's kind of, de- it gets kind of complicated. And again, like you said, a lot of the housewives, especially during this pandemic, wanted to just get away from their house and like get out. And then all of a sudden you're now the educator or having to kind of say, oh, you can't say that. Or, you know, I get a lot of DMs from Bravo people too, who say things like, oh, I didn't really like, I thought Muslims were scary, but then I followed you and you're so funny. And I'm like, you really can't say that. Like, and then I have to educate. Cause if I don't educate, mm-hmm. they're going to go to someone else and say that. Right. So it, it gets really complicated. Right. 
it gets complicated, but that's also the messy part that people don't want to ever mm-hmm. talk about is unless you tell somebody or show them, they're not going to do and they, and they don't know to do better. Like, I, I love when, like, for example, like, Lori Lofton's daughter, Olivia Jade, was on Red Table Talk. And, you know, the grandma was like, girl, like, we're not going to help you figure out your white privilege. Like, sometimes it's, like, important to, like, ask for help. And then it's also important for people to be like, I'm not doing the work for you, but I'm going to kind of direct you in the right direction, right? Like... And especially, I always say, if people come, like, it was someone from Dallas, like, one of the, they came to me and they were like, can you explain this, like, Muslim stuff? And and again, right now, everyone's talking about that. So, like, I'm fine explaining it. As long as your heart is in the right place, like, if you don't come at me sideways, like, most people of color or queer people are willing to listen if you're not coming at them in a weird sideways kind of way, right? It's just your approach. Right. I, yeah, I think what I've learned in the last years, it's like, Ask informed mm-hmm. questions. You know, don't come and say, what's this? Explain it to me. Say, I've tried to figure this out. Here are the questions I have still about Exactly. And, and it's just about kindness, and, too. You know, when you go to, up to a trans person, don't right. go, are you post-op or pre-op? What's between your legs? Like, just kind of think about what you would want someone to ask you about. Like, it's... How wild is it that, like, in the era of daytime TV that we grew up in, it was normal oh, to, yeah. like freak sh- like do a freak show kind of oh yeah setup. around trans people like maury i remember br- coming home yeah. from school and like sneaking away to watch it because it was like it was so taboo and like you know even i mean rupaul one of rupaul's songs you know what it, i'm not gonna say it but like you know what it yeah. is like so there there is like and that's not very long ago right and so i think it's and again a lot of bravo stars teeter on the edge of cancel culture of course like they're about to get they say really dumb shit but they also they know PR. Like when Bethany speaks on Meghan Markle right before the interview and starts saying stupid stuff, like she knows that people are going to then listen to her podcast. Like people are like, I have to realize that even when you hate someone, they they trend. So they're getting their message out there even with the hate, right? So that's how it works. That's that's good PR. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like, I We used to do that with clients that yeah. people didn't like them. And they they would use that for their benefit. They'd be like, people hate me, then I'm going to tweet something cray-cray and I'm going to set everyone on fire and then be like, watch my new TV show. It's It works. Like, <laughs> people, you might not like it. It might not feel good. Right. But it works. Like, when Chrissy Teigen says crazy things on Twitter, like, people then go and buy her cookbook. Like, I mean, it's not, it's not rocket science. Like, Right. All press is good press. There's a reason that statement yep, exists. Yep, yep, You, I mean, you learn it the hard way. Like, I, you know, I said some things about Michael B. Jordan. I was on Heather McDonald's podcast that, like, was like wildfire. It's not always great, but it gets you opportunities. It opens doors. Like, people want to meet with you that would never have taken a call from you. I mean, it works. Like, so, again, I'm not saying go out there and, and never lie. But if it's your truth, then... <laughs> You can kind of say it. I mean, again, be willing to take the backlash. But yeah, I don't know. We're we're going on a tangent, but you feel me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've we've taken a left down a different street. We're down street. a different street. Let's <laughs> let's turn back around. I really just wanted to thank you so much. I've had so much fun. I feel like a lot of my podcasts are about like homophobia and racism and dismantling white supremacy. So it's just refreshing to like be able to talk about Bravo and still get deep, but be able to kind of have some fun as well. So I really appreciate you for that. Yeah. We're not changing the world with hard. In some ways we are because I think that there is a level of like just seeing like, I don't remember ever seeing badass women on TV that were not on like Dallas or, you know, or like soap operas. So it's kind of cool to see like women, like not depending on men, right? Like that's kind of inspiring. Like even Melissa with Joe being like, I don't need your chauvinism. Like I can do this on my own. That's, that's Bravo. Well, that's kind of cool. And, and for them to be, 
like in their 40s, 50s and beyond and not, you know, a 20 year old playing an 18 year old on a CW show. And also seeing the wrinkles and the plastic surgery and shitting on the ground or what, you know what I mean? Like showing women a kind (laughs) of like hot mess and like it kind of being okay to be old because a lot of those women, if they were actresses, it would be really hard for them to get jobs. But Bravo's kind of employing them. And even the way they uplifted like queer people yes of course like queer eye for the straight guy could be caricature at times but at the same time it gave visibility to like i'm friends with jay rodriguez today like he's like i was a brown kid on tv like that i would have never gotten that job right so bravo has done some amazing things again no network is perfect no network is a monolith so they're working in the right direction and i think people like you are uplifting the stars of that show and doing your own thing so again Thank you so much for being on the take on with me. I appreciate you. Just tell us quickly where people can follow you um, and see all of your lovely interviews. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you for having me. And I am at Bryce Sander, B R I C E S A N D E R. Love it. Spell it away. If I start spelling things, I always misspell, even if it's my own name. So good on you for spelling it right. <laughs> I love it. Well, thanks again for being here. Everyone, go and listen to Bryce's interviews. They're informative. They're fun. And especially Ramona's really gave me a nice giggle. So go check it out. Thanks, everybody. (laughs) Thanks for listening to this episode of The Take On. The Take On is produced by Dory Berenstein and Alan Seals, edited by Kyle Moore, and is a proud member of the Broadway Podcast Network. You can find out more about me and The Take On at bpn.fm backslash The Take On. And of course, on my Instagram at Amir Yas official. Yes, honey, we're official. Make sure to subscribe and rate The Take On wherever you stream your podcast and keep tuning in for more amazing guests. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.